at murphy-don.net. Where should I begin? Can we talk about this? Say, what are you trying to say? Beyond the usual controversial talk. Blah, 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 on and on. I personally think it's one of the top radio programs in the country. This is the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. The right way to launch your presidential campaign, especially if you're behind in a whole bunch of polls, is to do something that can very easily be taken seriously. Uh, You do not want to stumble out of the gate, especially if in the case of Ron DeSantis, you've waited quite a long time to get out of the gate. Uh, You would think that you do that because you're perfecting how you're entering this race, how you're becoming a a candidate on a presidential stage, or at least for the nomination in the Republican Party. And instead, you had a pretty epic failure in the world of Twitter, Elon Musk. Everything about that was bad for 20 or so minutes before it got figured out. It seemed that the biggest reason why there might have been a problem, a glitch, and the DeSantis team is now running with this, is that a lot of people tried to pay attention to the um, announcement itself, to the beginning part of that uh, Twitter space, which is an audio-only platform. And there was an interesting shot taken as to how it's sort of comparable to Biden hiding in a basement and winning an election, uh, or some people feel that he didn't win that election. I'm aware of that. Uh, Anyway, I think it's interesting because I doubt DeSantis will continue to hide in his basement. But again, it wasn't a good look. Anybody that's pro-DeSantis, pro-a Republican that's not Trump, Uh, He definitely won the most as far as the way in which this went down, including the thing he put up on social media that mocked all of it. Uh, This is Trump on Truth Social, uh, which then landed all over Twitter and a a 44 second ad playing music for him and the way in which he does any sort of announcement in front of a crowd. He, you know, goes into Trump crowd mode or or Trump campaign mode in front of his supporters, and it's definitely off the cuff. It's it's a it's a hallmark of that politician specifically, or well, that famous person turned politician. And this is DeSantis absolutely failing the first time he tries to get up to that stage. That I'm proud to be an American. <laughs> it's bad. And I won't forget the men who died. We are uh, kind of melting the server. Into freedom and his money, where put his money out <laughs> his mouth, no. upset the narrative, upset the narrative, and control and control and and by our government. Have uh, Governor DeSantis uh, make this. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, here's the thing. If you're going to go bold, if you're going to go a direction that people haven't gone before, and I said this yesterday leading up to it, I think it was a genius stroke for both Elon Musk and Ron DeSantis in the world of how powerful Twitter is as a vehicle to reaching people, especially during elections. Uh, They praised former President Barack Obama about his use of social media. Obviously, people praised or at least attacked If you hated him a whole lot, the former president, uh, Donald Trump, for how he did so much of this on social media, his following on Twitter, his tweets would be news every single day when Trump was on Twitter and people were both mad about that, but then also obsessed with it. More so, it seemed the people who hated Trump uh, would talk about what he was putting up on Twitter every day than the people who loved him. And then you have epic failure. And I think a, a part of it might actually have been that Elon Musk was the one trying to run it. 
It was on his account at first. That echoing you hear there that Trump made fun of is usually when you have audio getting fed into a computer that's also someone who's not talking at the moment. So that loop thing that's created is when you're not good at at the technology part of leading any sort of Internet connection, conversation, Zoom, whatever it might be. And you're actually trying to use extra technology, not just the the basic computer setup to do it. So I I wonder if that was part of the problem, if there was a a technical issue that wasn't uh, checked and that Elon himself was part of the reason for the flub. No, DeSantis doesn't own Twitter. Yes, if he was told everything would work great and then it didn't work great, it's not exactly his fault. But this is a bad way to start a campaign that you waited so long to start and you've already lost ground. Uh, to former President Trump as far as every poll is concerned. I will play this, though. This is audio of uh, Governor DeSantis. He popped up, I think, on pretty much everywhere. I think he was on Fox News last night uh, and other talking head places. He was on a bunch of radio shows uh, today. I've reached out to his campaign. Love to hear from him. I would love to have him on, too, uh, just to have a conversation. I'd love to have Trump on. Uh, Anyone that thinks I would not go that road, I don't think either guy will be getting back to me anytime soon. I, I hope at some point, maybe. You never know. Uh, But here, this is one of the things DeSantis is now going to use as a direct attack on the former president as they campaign officially against each other. There's a lot of indirect, a lot of subtle hinting. DeSantis will say something like, I'm ready to win, and the Republican Party hasn't won for a while. Uh, It's been infected with losing, things like that. But those aren't really specifically saying the former president's name and trying to attack him. Uh, This attack is different. I think he did great for three years, but when he turned the country over to Fauci in March of 2020, that destroyed millions of people's lives. And in Florida, we were one of the few that stood up, cut against the grain, took incoming fire from media, bureaucracy, the left, even a lot of Republicans, had schools open, preserved businesses. And so Florida, since COVID, has outperformed virtually any state in the country when you look at all these significant metrics. I mean, certainly from the metric of any sort of uh, business related way of looking at at the economy and the, the lack of the dip that existed everywhere else in the country. Yeah, DeSantis is right about that. I'm sure that people who are very pro the former president don't see it as giving the country to a Dr. Anthony Fauci. I don't actually know if DeSantis would have done anything different. I will say that I can't fathom the pressure of a situation that is completely, completely new. We, we didn't have a, a recent historical example to point to about how deadly the belief was COVID was right at the very beginning, right at the earliest of stages of it. And you had Fauci changing his mind a lot on things, telling us not to buy certain masks, to buy them, uh, which is something you hear ad nauseum on a lot of uh, right-leaning political talk as one of the shots at, the, at Fauci. But even the former president uh, having a trust in the medical people around him, at least in the early days of COVID, I'm not sure that that's a attack that's actually going to resonate with a lot of people if you think about it. And I'm not trying to defend Trump or, or uh, prop up you know, DeSantis in any way or anything like that. I just think it's interesting because there's so few things these guys actually disagree on. Uh, I saw another take out there when you compare policy decisions, the places in which you are on most subjects, most things, even actually this. I'll play this audio. So this is another one of the DeSantis interviews. He was asked about pardon, pardoning people, uh, people connected to January 6th or maybe even the former president, if DeSantis wound up in office and Trump didn't, and people were going after him for legal reasons that DeSantis and others thought were politically motivated. And DeSantis said, yes, I would pardon. I would immediately look at that day one. Uh, I don't think he was ever specific and used the name 
uh, Trump, but he, he did say this is something that would be on the agenda early on if he were in office. The DOJ and FBI have been weaponized. We see that. Uh, we see it in a variety of contexts, some of which you mentioned. Some of it is the FBI going after parents going to school board meetings. Some of it's how they treat a pro-life demonstrator, how they don't go after people that are attacking pro-lifers. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do on day one, um, I will have uh, folks that will get together and look at all these cases who people are victims of weaponization or political targeting, and we will be aggressive at issuing pardons. Now, some of these some of these cases, some people may have a technical violation of the law, but if there are three other people who did the same thing, but just in a context like BLM, and they don't get prosecuted at all, uh, that is uneven application of justice. Yeah, and then he went on to actually be asked specifically, because I think the first question is, would you consider any pardons for January 6th uh, individuals? And then it actually did go directly to the former president. Would you consider pardoning former President Trump? And this is what he said in response to that. I would say any example of disfavored treatment based on politics or weaponization uh, would would be included in that review, no matter how small or how big. So I think there will only really be two separating factors between DeSantis and Trump outside of preference for a, a personality type. Or I think the belief from a lot of Trump supporters that he and only he can do certain things in the world of our political system or or the corruption that's believed to exist. And I'm not saying it doesn't exist in our political system, the draining the swamp stuff. Um, I think a lot of uh, very strong, passionate Trump supporters, as I would describe them, are more um, convinced than ever that it's really only the former president who can out or change all of that and that a DeSantis couldn't. But other than that, the only real separators uh, for them will probably be the abortion issue. Uh, Trump has avoided some of the things that DeSantis is certainly going to be on the campaign trail discussing the six week abortion ban that exists in Florida. And then that the Dr. Anthony Fauci accusation. So it'll be an interesting campaign on the Republican side of the aisle. And you might ask why I didn't mention the Democratic side of the aisle at all for anyone. I'm not trying to you know, always give equal time on this show. I love the the Rush Limbaugh thing that I am equal time uh, because uh, a lot of the time the stuff that is talked about in some places is ignored literally everywhere else. So there's no reason to try to dive into stuff you're going to see everywhere. Uh, but I, I think that a lot of Democrats wish we were talking about other politicians challenging Biden and not just the likelihood that Biden will get reelected. I think there's a lot of a lot of independents, I'm sure, that would want an option other than, say, Trump or Biden to be out there would love us to be talking about a a smattering of people across both political sides of the aisle. And DeSantis is certainly one of those newer names. And you're not sure exactly how he would govern comparatively. And so I think I think it's very interesting how the next few months in the entire campaign will go. And then, of course, once Trump starts getting involved in some of the court cases and battles that he's facing, especially the one in New York, that a lot of people think is absolutely 100 percent politics and not at all a real necessary version of of forcing him into a court battle while he's running for president. I said it the other day on my show. I'll probably keep saying it. There's no reason to not delay it, to not delay every sort of court challenge uh, coming after the former president. And just say, if you're the legal system, that this is a unique scenario and we do not want to disrupt the ability for the people of the United States to elect who they think should be the next president of the United States. We don't want to upend that system. So every single one of these cases is on pause until 2025. I'm not even saying just give up on those cases. Let Trump defend himself. Let all that play out, whatever you want to do it. But if you do it during a 
a election year and he is the leading candidate, if not the, the nominee at that point on the Republican side of the aisle, you can't say you're not also disrupting our political system. Uh, but anyway, one other thing I think is interesting before I take a break on all of this is that the knives are out for DeSantis even more so than they were before. You even had this on MSNBC, which I thought was interesting, a back and forth where a guest said that Trump is more electable than Ron DeSantis, meaning Trump is not as evil, horrible, terrible as uh, the governor of Florida is, at least according to someone that popped up on a very far left-leaning uh, television station. And so I think that this is proof of one thing that I've, I've thrown out there and a lot of other people have thrown out there. If DeSantis were the nominee, the same painting of him as being dangerous, evil, terrible, and looking for the anti-vote, like Biden has actually said it, actually. He's, he's campaigning on, don't judge me based on anything I've done, Judge me based on how terrible you think things might go if the other side, the other team gets in office or those individuals get in office. So even the guy trying to convince people to vote for him is, is sort of admitting that I'm not good at this job, but I'm trying to convince you the other guy is worse at it. And of course, if you remember when Trump was in office, most people actually had better things going on in their day to day life as far as the economy goes, as far as money in your pocket goes, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not really a winning argument, but it's the main argument of a Biden and of others. So I think it is interesting that you're, you're seeing it officially start to play out in that other way and that someone somewhere is already saying that DeSantis is an eviler person, uh, worse of two people than a Trump. For those who already have Trump derangement syndrome, it's it's something. And if media does this in a more coordinated way, the accusation that they're biased, one-sided, et cetera, et cetera. How, how do you ignore that? I don't know how anyone ignored In all honesty, I, I will say this before I hit play on this audio. I don't know how anyone can follow any of these things with any amount of, of actual interest in knowing what's, what's truly going on, in looking up the things that people say on TV to see what's true and what's false about the way in which things are talked about, and think that a lot of media isn't obviously at least somewhat, if not very far, on the left side of the aisle on a whole ton of stuff. I, I, I truly don't know that. And to be even more frank, there was a time when I didn't notice it myself, and then you start to do this for a living, you start to pay attention more to politics, and you see it. Even the representation of the things DeSantis has done in Florida, a lot of media uh, overly simplifies and just dishonestly discusses it because they want to fill a narrative that DeSantis is anti this or anti that when the reality is that things are way more nuanced. And for some reason, most media doesn't want to get in to all the the aspects of it that make it more challenging than saying DeSantis hates somebody or a group of people or whatever it is that we're, we're talking about in any given situation as far as uh, what DeSantis has done and how it's it's harming uh, society or someone. And again, that doesn't seem to be so true for the people in Florida because they overwhelmingly voted to put him back in office. Uh, but here, this is an example of of the the turning of the page and saying that DeSantis is as bad, if not worse, than Trump on the left-sided media that exists out there. There's definitely no touch. There's no calibration no with the guy. And it's like he started off, you know, he could have just been an effective governor of Florida and be doing well with the Republican voters that want to move on from Trump. But instead, he like re just like double, triple, quadruple down, down. on a very mean-spirited pretty nasty MAGA agenda that I don't think, you know, I mean, 
Six-week abortion ban? What are you doing? I'm not sure. I think I could argue Donald Trump is more electable than Ron DeSantis. There you go. I don't know if that's going to be a thing that gets said a lot, a lot of places, that Donald Trump is better than DeSantis. But it does feel like a lot of media uh, that would want to see Biden get reelected believes that Biden can more easily beat Trump than beat DeSantis. I don't agree with that. I don't don't think that's not because I think that uh, DeSantis is a weaker candidate. I like DeSantis. I've talked about it on the show before. Um, as far as candidates on the conservative side of the aisle go, I don't think uh, Biden can beat anybody. I think when uh, we really look at the amount of things that have gone poorly in the few years that Biden has been in office and the poll numbers that say how many disapprove, Trump had better approval numbers at this point in his presidency than Biden did. And I just want people to think about that for, for a second, because Trump had said and done a lot of things on the campaign trail that were uh, talked about a lot by media. There was a push to to hate uh, Trump from pretty much go as far as his presidential campaign was in 2016. And Biden hid in a basement, trying to say as little as possible, do as little as possible. And at this point in the actual amount of time that they were both in office, Biden is is less favored than even a Trump who had a media campaign basically against him running 24 seven. And Biden certainly does not have that. So a lot of the American people, independents, absolutely, uh, but a lot of the American people see just how bad things have gone. And you look at the vice president or anyone else in office right now, and you don't have any more faith in anybody uh, as far as uh, the administration goes and the amount of mistakes. And I'm not even trying to say that truthfully and, and being overly biased on it. I know it sounds insanely biased. Just look at the, the numbers. Just look at the approval ratings and the people who say that Biden is is not doing a good job. And then how could he get reelected? Well, the only way to get him reelected is for uh, that administration, for that uh, candidate and everybody on the side of the aisle in media that will help uh, to say that the other guys are, are way worse. They're they're evil. They're terrible. And it's already happening with the DeSantis, even as he is quite a bit behind in every poll from Trump uh, and also really fumbled out of the gate with the Twitter snafu, the Twitter glitching, the Twitter, whatever you want to call it. All right. Quick break. But I, I do think that this. Uh, question uh, came out of nowhere as far as the politician answering it is concerned, because it's, it's honest, it's true, and it is a demonstration that the debt ceiling fight is one that a lot of Americans have a different opinion on than, say, the Democrats who are saying this is all Republicans' fault. Uh, they're doing everything wrong. We're doing everything right. And we just want to keep going further and further in the world of making the debt ceiling whatever we want it to be and have no cuts whatsoever involved in that. Uh, here is the setup and then the answer, as I said. And it's not all the time. I'm not trying to overly praise CNN. But I do remember when Jake Tapper uh, reacted to the Durham report, I think that was about a week ago, uh, by saying that it both exonerated Trump, at least somewhat, I think is the way Tapper said it, and was, quote, devastating for the FBI. And I can play that audio, too, for a second if I if you want it. Uh, but here, let's do this first. Uh, this is a, a question to a Democratic politician that I very much like. New poll ad, I'm sure you've seen it uh, in just the last two days. And what it shows, really interestingly, is that 60% of Americans say Congress should only raise the debt ceiling if it comes with spending cuts at the same time. And that includes 58 percent of independence. Is your position out of step now, Congresswoman, with the majority of the American yes. people? Yes, it is. 
I'm so glad you raised that poll because I think it's really important to look at what that poll says. Mm-hmm. If you just say to people, should we cut spending? They will probably say yes. Um, however, <laughs> if you say, would you rather cut spending uh-huh. and yeah. reduce the deficit by cutting the tax breaks to the wealthiest corporations and wealthiest individuals, or would you like to cut your own health care, education, uh, you know, care for veterans, etc. I guarantee you that you would have even higher numbers that say, let's make sure that but we're making the wealthy pay their fair share. That's- <laughs> I love the back and forth. There's going to be more in a second. Um, but so many of the aspects of how things are done in the world, of po- and everybody knows this, like we, we all know this as Americans now, uh, are attaching some things that you can sell to the American people to a whole bunch of things you hope no one's paying attention to. And so when Democrats say that we're going to cut benefits for veterans, or we're going to do this or that, whatever it is they're saying, there are ways easily to get a whole lot of Republicans, if not like pretty much everyone in the world of politics, on board with the most basic of things. If you just took the, a poll of the American uh, you know, people, and then you can break it down by political party if you want to, and then politicians just followed that stuff, we'd all be happy. We, we'd all be thrilled with the things they're doing, uh, by and large, I imagine, or at least we all is probably not true on some of that stuff. But if you just if you just did that, but no one ever has interest in doing that, neither side of the aisle does. They want to do some things that we like along with some things that we probably don't like and a whole lot of things for them uh, in the process as well. And so that's just sort of insane as far as a back and forth argument. Are you out of step with the American people? They think that you should find ways to stop spending so much money. And the easy way uh, to articulate that to anyone is that the, the reason we were spending so much money for the last few years was very much because of COVID. Uh, there were all kinds of things that we ramped up spending for, not just the money that was put into the mail and sent to every single American. And it did not seem to make sense to a majority of people, uh, you and me, that we would keep spending at those rates once COVID was something that was absolutely behind us, which it absolutely has been behind us for a while now. And the politicians essentially are saying, well, we pushed the the um, the money as far as we could get it to go. We just want to keep it there. We don't like to go backwards. We're not an organization that likes to see money go down. At least the Democrats don't. And many American people do. And so that this fight, this argument, this conversation, and the ways in which it gets reshaped and reshaped to death uh, by political parties, uh, both political parties to an extent, uh, but certainly in this one, the Democrats are out of step with with Americans, uh, according to any data you look at, um, is to just tell you that it's really not about the thing you think it's about. It's about something else that we hope you think it actually is about, and it's definitely not. Uh, here, I'll play another thing. This is the president of the United States saying that he's he's making progress, that they're doing a good job as far as getting closer and closer to some kind of agreement. Some of the most basic things that Republicans are asking for is better um, um, requirements as far as single people that are able-bodied and getting some kind of benefit from the, the government to make sure that they're doing everything they can to try to get back into the workforce. It's, it's a simple – the work requirement – uh, asks and Democrats are fighting those for some reason. And we have things like this being said about how great we're doing, how close it is, as you're hearing both things at the same time, that they are close, but they're, they're really not that close. Speaker McCarthy and I have had several productive conversations, and our staffs continue to meet as we speak, as a matter of fact, and they're making progress. I've made clear time and again defaulting on our national debt is not an option. The American people deserve to know that the Social Security payments will be there 
the veterans hospitals remain open, and that economic progress will be made, and we're going to continue to make it. Default puts all that at risk. Congressional leaders understand that, and they've all agreed there will be no default. As long as I, I think there's an agreement of some kind. By the way, I did see this, that Wall Street is already preparing for a default. Uh, Wall Street is already pre- preparing for some debt ceiling chaos. Uh, that's in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, there are ways in which they're going to allow people to keep trading in uh, securities and, and other things that would be uh, maybe much more difficult or the uh, you know uh, stock price of things might uh, fluctuate all over the place, a place right after default. Uh, the the Wall Street people are trying to mitigate as much of that damage as possible and find ways to, I guess, um, you know, invest in, and make money uh, when things are in turmoil because it won't be it won't be forever. Uh, the thing I will say, and I'm not advocating for a, a, a debt ceiling uh, miss and a default in any of that stuff. I truly don't think I or many people know what exa- we can predict it, but there's there's probably not a good likelihood to get a full sense of how much or how little. Uh, would happen uh, based on the amount of days we went past being out of money. Um, But I I do think it's interesting that there's already these conversations about how uh, Wall Street or how others sort of handle and navigate uh, that sort of challenge in a way that benefits them and then maybe us as well. And it it does seem to be a thing that one of these two sides is waiting for someone to blink, uh, unless there's a deal that I don't know about uh, that's happened in the last half hour. I want to move on to something else. Uh, And this is maybe a demonstration of how broken things get. And I'll say it uh, this way. This is a Republican politician I'm about to play audio from uh, on a state level in Georgia. And she's a a flat earther. She's someone that believes the earth is not rounded, it's flat. And she's saying stuff about what she thinks is a conspiracy theory about the amount of globes you can buy in the world. And the reason I want to play this, the reason I want to uh, react to this, because it's viral right now and definitely people on the left uh, share this and say, see, all Republicans say stuff like this and they're crazy and every conspiracy theory is crazy and everything's nuts and we shouldn't listen to anything. Uh, they're the bad ones. We're the good ones. And this is damaging the message if you're attributing a political party uh, to any of this. And this is kind of the thing that I, I think some politicians are trying to find ways, not flat earth specifically. Almost no one is talking about that on any side of a political conversation whatsoever. Uh, but just in general, the the moving away from some of the the past accusations and conversations. Uh, DeSantis certainly talks about looking forward-looking uh, conversations and things. And so I, I, I play this as a demonstration of how I think arguments get weakened by the easiest, the lowest common denominator version, version of objection. And so when you say that all Republican politicians believe conspiracy theories and sound like this person who believes a very unique conspiracy theory, if you're on the left, it emboldens you. It makes you think, yeah, that's true. I don't need to look into whether or not that's something that anyone else on any side of a political conversation is saying. And then if you're on the right, you look at it and you see um, people reacting a certain way. You go, no one else is talking. No one else cares about this. This is insane. This is undercutting the value of all the way more important things to discuss. Well, and also I find it kind of funny that she really thinks this is a conspiracy. All the globes everywhere. I turn on TV. There's globes in the background. There's globes on there right here. Like this would be a globe if I was a normal person. Like everywhere there's globes. My children will be like, Mama, globe, 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 globe. They're everywhere. And that's what they do to brainwash. And so for me, if what? it is not a conspiracy, if it is it's you not. Know, real, why are you pushing so hard 
everywhere I go, every store, you buy a globe. There's globes everywhere. Every movie, every TV show, news media. Why? Yeah, every movie, every TV show does not have globes. They're not front and center. I don't see them attacking me when I walk into stores. But here, this is the thing that I, and I, it's a very specific example, very um, ridiculous example, I will say, to try to prove a point and also just entertain me in how much she's convinced of this conspiracy theory. You lose people when you're having conversations that they don't agree with you. They don't have any real intention of agreeing with you. And then you say a thing that maybe you've heard said before, or maybe you don't even really disagree with it, but you say it in a certain way. And then it frustrates a lot of people in these conversations. I think that the person you're arguing with just uh, zones in or they, they um, lock in to one very specific point that really has nothing to do with the macro conversation itself, the important issues of today, and then you can't get them back. You can't reel them back in to talking about things that that matter. And I think this is happening a lot. I think there's a lot of examples I could use, some of which would get me in trouble to say on this show, but darn it, you know what? Who cares? Let's go ahead and go those roads. Even the conversations that center around, say, uh, transgender and transgender rights in our society right now, I, I challenge people to really think about how much in your, your personal life, and I'm not saying the people who are a part of any community uh, affected by any sort of conversation, that would be one of them, uh, but everybody else, like how much is this at the forefront of your day-to-day life? Is this an issue that you, you contemplate and think about a lot? Is this an issue that you really want your politicians to be diving deep into? This is different than talking about kids and what is and isn't right as far as uh, states and how they protect children. Uh, I don't want that to be the focal point of what I'm trying to say, but everything else. And then there's so many of these. I actually, you know what, I'll, I'll leave it with this, and then I'll move on, take a break, come back. We'll talk about sillier stuff. Uh, there's a question out there right now, I think I saw it in Newsweek, about Apple. Apple is going to be putting out these LGBTQ plus things. Um, They're going to have like a a wristwatch for their their Apple watch, and it's all going to be celebrating the LGBTQ community or or being friendly to it. Of course, Target, Starbucks, Nike, Adidas, there's a bunch of companies, uh, Bud Light at the forefront of that, and Bud Light doing terrible. Uh, But they're asking, is Apple going to be the latest company to be taken down by by the anti-woke boycotting uh, that we see? And I, I don't know. I, I can't answer that question easily to you, uh, but I don't think that it's actually about um, LGBTQ as much as it's about being woke or not being woke when it has no relevance whatsoever to your product. Uh, the, the Apple product is not something I, I think often about how much they're supporting or not supporting the causes I care about. I just think about whether or not my watch works, my phone works, my computer works, and I, I go that road. And so I think it's interesting that not only do we have so many people having these conversations and politicians having certain conversations and then companies thinking they need to be having these conversations, but how many of them are are actually a distraction from the things that that are a more valuable talking point to a large amount of people in our country, the things that people want to hear a plan for, uh, the economy, the the, energy uh, prices that we deal with for so long. There's things that matter more. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And it just it's just funny to me that I saw that go viral on social media that, um, you know, everyone's ripping this a GOP politician for her flat earth conspiracy theory uh, that is not very popular, uh, but certainly the easiest way to say uh, reinforce there's no there's no um, call 
to even look into the things the other side is saying. You're convinced you're on a side. Uh, you get a, a small taste of a crazy thing that's within the, the other party somehow. And then you say, all right, there's no need to even listen. I'm just going to keep ignoring everything else uh, because of this one thing. And I think that happens a lot in the way in which we communicate uh, about a variety of the, the issues or the politicians that we do and don't support. I certainly think it's something that's very relevant with DeSantis, uh, what he's actually done in Florida and what people simplify it to be and then talk about. But uh, darn it, on that note, I'll take a break about how many things are misunderstood in the world of guns, in the world of safety in schools, in the world of so many of the, the things that we talk about, uh, much like I was talking about in the last uh, segment, how uh, people are reacting on social media to one crazy person that happens to be on a political side of the aisle uh, that some on social media hate, uh, talking about flat earth and acting like that's the same thing everybody else is saying on the conservative side of the aisle. Everybody wants to simplify everything, and we do it very, very often to our own detriment. Before I take a break, though, and before we throw it to Will with some news, I got a silly piece of audio, call it a palate cleanser. I like this a lot. This is a little kid uh, talking to his mom about having an accident in his pants. Uh, that part is what it is. And the way he, he describes it and the words he uses are things that made a lot of people on the Internet very, very happy. I sharted. Uh, if you can't understand that, by the way, the FCC is not about to find me. Sharted is the word that he's saying there. Sharted. Let's I go. I sharted. <laughs> I sharted. I did. Where did you shart? In my pants. Of course. I you hope sure? this one. Yeah. You know what a shart is? <laughs> You think it's a rooter tooter, but it is a rooter tooter. It's not a rooter tooter. The rooter tooter goes out, yep. and it's flat. Flawless, flawless um, um, explanation. You think it's a rooter tutor. You're pretty sure it's a and it is a rooter tutor, but it, it also splats. Uh, that kid is a genius. I thought he said it was black. I was going to say he needs to go see a doctor. <laughs> no, no, he said it splats. Oh, uh, all yep, right, that's, uh, that's viral. better. I enjoy that quite a bit. Uh, sharded and rooter tutor. Dad taught him both of those words. I'm positive <laughs> of it. Official medical terms. <laughs> right, exactly. At your local pediatrician. Yeah. Thank you, Will. All right, Will's got the news. A lot more coming up, including a conversation with Jonathan Jurgens of Tamra about all the things that you don't know about and aren't really told about in the world of guns, gun control, et cetera, for 